As always, we want to thank our sponsor, the Norden Group of Salt Lake City. Why do portfolios of large institutions, endowments, and pensions look so different than the portfolios of high net worth individuals and families? The philosophy at the Norden Group is that you should invest your portfolio like an institution. This approach leads to complete transparency. Some key questions to ask yourself. What do I really own? How much am I paying in fees? What costs am I paying that are not disclosed? Would I be better off in a low-cost index fund? At the Norden Group, we conduct what is called a portfolio audit, which can help reveal these and other important details. Call us to set up your appointment. Investment advisor services offered through Townsquare Capital LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability. Townsquare is not affiliated with any other named entity. Thanks again to the Norton Group. Uh, happy to be back on on another Sunday in what seems to be the eternal January. Oh my goodness! This it's is just, rough. It's just I don't know if any of you have seen like the Lemony Snicket series on Netflix, which I've been watching as I spin lately. Outside kind of looks like that. It's just I am so ready for spring. Yeah, it's and because usually you know I think this is like an outlier winter that's kind of like. Uh, you know, like dragging on this because it seems like the past few years it's been by this time you can ride shoreline or you'll, you'll at least have like false springs where one day it's going to feel like spring, spring and you get and all then, excited right? and then it's going to snow the next day but we don't even have we haven't had any false springs yet it's just no. been the, the never ending January yeah it sucks. I'm not. I'm not loving it. I need to get back down to St. George. I get to go to St. George or California pretty much every weekend for the next wow. month basically. How's your marriage, Dan? <laughs> Sorry. Um, no, I, I think I need to get down there too. The next iCup's coming up 25th uh, in Santa Clara. Yeah, um, I, think, I think it's the week before the Vail Lake race. Vail Lake's the week after. We're starting to do a bunch of team camps. And, yes. and thanks to all the coaches who've reached out to their teams. And I know I know a lot of groups have already done some, some rides. I know Joe's group did a ride yesterday. I joined him. It was a lot of fun. Um, other groups have rides planned. Um, rides in St. George plans. So thanks for all the coaches that are trying to get out and do things, even though it's still January, I guess. I'll tell you what though, like it's, it's, it's warm enough on some days that you can get out and ride something, Yeah, you know, do hill repeats in your neighborhood, do, do something. If you're sick of the trainer, a lot of us are sick of the trainer at this point. Like I know you're not, um, I know you have really low standards when it comes to fun. Um, I can handle a few months on the trainer. We're getting into March where I'm, I'm feeling some trainer fatigue. So I'm trying to get out more and more. But uh, yeah, take every opportunity. Get out when you can when the weather's nice enough. Yeah, so this last weekend was True Grit. Which True Grit, is, if, if you're not familiar, is like a, what does it take most people? Four or five hour endurance race down on some really rough trails in St. George. Super cool race. One of my yeah, favorites. It's a really tough, brutal race. Uh, really technical mm-hmm. and it's like a technical endurance race yeah, it's, it's not like on the level of a point to point but it's it's a big gnarly hard ride props to everyone who did it yesterday yeah and, and a lot of people just it's kind of a big deal to be able to complete the ride um mm-hmm. racing it's a totally different oh yeah beast but um we had so many maybird riders that did like it. how many maybird riders do you think were down there? i don't know but like I was looking over the results and just recognized so many names and we had some 
you know, like uh, Gabe Norda and Joe Cochran and um, and Kyson Montague were just some of the top pros that that finished up. And um, we had some of our uh, like orange girls do it. Really? Yeah, like Ella Balls did it, and and um, and Lauren Montague did it. And there's probably others too. I there are just so many I can't remember everyone that did it, but way to go that's yeah. that's super cool i'll do the true grit course and that's like a big old ride and i'm done you know but like, i would guess we had at least 20 do wow. it i mean it was dang I, yeah we need to do it sometime i know i haven't did uh, have we done a true grit this year no we I, did do a true I grit have, this yeah. year you and i did we, we yeah. did one together yeah we we pre-ride it we do the course all the time it's a really it's a good course yeah it's, it's a good it's, it's kind of almost our go-to ride but we've never actually raced it no I need to actually like get down there and like, should we do that next year? Should we like yeah. promise that we're going to do that? Maybe if there's not another race. It's, it's, it's surprising how much racing there is in March. I know. Yeah. I mean, there's as much racing in March as there is I'm, in July. Yeah. I'm usually at, I think I usually am at Vale Lake when true grit goes on. So I usually oh, am not in okay. town for it. So I could have done it this year. Yeah. So, so good job to everybody. Looking forward to more racing this month. So, um, I just wanted a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago, I I was able to meet at Jibe Bikes with the owner of Jibe Bikes. And this isn't an advertisement or anything. This is something I just wanted to talk about. This is, this is editorial. Don't worry. Yeah, this is totally editorial. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Jibe Bikes. It's a local company. It's a local bike manufacturer. manufacturer. Okay. And um, I know everyone knows Jamerson and Jamerson rides for them and he's always talking about his bikes so i was invited to go check out their their operation and and i actually kind of thought i was going to go to some guy's garage mm-hmm. um, but it was actually kind of in like a nice newer business park and and their their shop is actually kind of like right along the jordan river parkway or something it's down in utah county right is it no no where, it's where in salt it? lake it's in north salt, or okay. south salt lake okay um and you know, they had like a nice building with like a showroom and everything and, um, you know, a receptionist up front. And, and, and I, I was, I was a little, I didn't know what to expect, you know, cause I didn't, didn't know, you know, if this is just some guy ordering catalog bikes and putting parts on them or. And we should explain like for context, if you're not familiar with the bike industry, very few people are actually in the business of producing carbon fiber bicycles. There, there are probably fewer than 10 in the world. And all of the bike brands that you've heard of, Specialized, Cannondale, Scott, BMC, um, all, all of them, they, they contract with one or another of these carbon manufacturers, right? Um, I've, I've heard before that there are a few, like Giant is, is one that actually does make their own frames. And does they, it factor? Uh, factor, yeah. Factor is a very small factory. Giant, Giant makes a ton of them. I think Merida is another one, and and like, and it's always hard to tell which frames are coming from where at any given point in time. But you might ride a Scott that was made in the Giant factory, right? So I used to assume that like every company was actually going and making its own its own bikes. But like the only brands that really do that outside of the big ones that contract with other people, like Factor, Time, uh, Time actually even makes their own carbon, which is cool. Um, uh, but yeah, so usually when you when you see a really small bike brand, 99% of the time, what they're doing to get the start is is taking a, a bike that might be out of a catalog that somebody else designed, and then they're slapping their stickers on it. But with Jibe, that's not necessarily the case, right? Yeah, because Jason, the owner, um, who I got to meet, really nice guy, um, 
he's he's been in the bike industry that's been his career like mm-hmm. 20 or 30 years in the bike industry and he's worked for he was like a product manager for gt and he was kind of a big shot at shimano and so he has industry access that kind of hits above his own weight a little bit yeah. you know um and so basically he's able to buy um these these frames that he's buying he can actually he he specifies what he wants and 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 has specifications that they meet but the manufacturer that's producing them also produces some frames for sort of some other brands. some really and I, I i'm probably not supposed to say what other brands but they're brands that good high quality brands that the, any of us would buy from without a lot of people know. on our team are writing this other brand that is made at the same factory yeah. so you know as far as quality of the product there is frames no no concerns whatsoever yeah but the thing i did probably was most impressed with was his kind of his mission of why he started his company and it seems a little bit in line with with some of maybird's philosophies is his his goal was basically to make fast bikes that are obtainable for normal people right because we are kind of in a place in the bike industry where like ten thousand dollar bikes are normal you see them all like go to an iCup and and like half the bikes are ten thousand dollar bikes. It's not like, you know, in the car world where most people drive Toyotas and then every once in a while you see a Ferrari out on the road. It would almost be like if in the car road fifty percent of people drove Ferraris, you know, and it's not um, unless you make quite a lot of money. Like that's not really practical to go and buy a whole bunch of ten thousand dollar bikes, especially for like a young athlete who's just getting into the sport. Which you know, well, and the thing is too is really to have a fast bike doesn't necessarily have to be expensive no and and like to have a comfortable bike maybe or to, and, and you know like it's we always say in the bike world and in a lot of other industries i'd imagine that you 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 have strong light fast or what is it strong light cheap choose to choose to <laughs> yeah and and so a lot of you know like there are a lot of bikes out there where people will be like oh i can buy this catalog bike and if it's like a safe one it's like oh, okay well you know this bike you could probably make it light and it's probably cheap but like if you crash, it's it's going to break, and then there's not going to be a warranty, and you're never going to be able to find the derailleur hanger for it. Or this is a ripoff of a bike that somebody was making seven years ago that has a new sticker on it now, you know. So yeah. Jibe seems to avoid a lot of those pitfalls from what I've seen. Well, from my visit, I actually went in a little skeptical. Yeah. And walked out thinking, you know, if, if I was buying another bike, I would strongly consider looking yeah. at one of these. You know, I was... I felt like it's something that if you bought a bike from there, you'd be well taken care of. Oh yeah. You know, so, and like we said, this is totally editorial. He hasn't, he, he probably won't even ever listen to this or know no. that we're talking about his bikes right now or, um, but just, just for those in the market of bikes, that's a place to look and something to consider. He did actually send me, um, he, he's offered to give, uh, Maybird riders a twenty percent discount off their bikes that are already they're already very competitively priced. Com- yeah, so yeah. it's it's definitely worth considering if you're in the market of a bike. I can have Joe post something on the website that gives a link to his little information sheet, and then I think the code was that we could if you're ordering them online, or you can go in to yeah. the store. But the code was Maybird. And and again, this is editorial. Yeah, and, you know, like he's he's giving us a deal which is very generous. But and like my my honest take on this is I was considering buying a Jibe until I found a really, really good deal on the Epic Evo that I'm riding right now. That he bought used. Right, that I bought used. So I think if you have $10,000 to spend on a bike, 
I Jibe probably wouldn't be on my list. They do have bikes that are really high. That are you really can, high end. And that's the thing, they're very customizable, so you can... Yeah, right, right. But like, I and, and I do, I really quick, we have a crazy crowded schedule for this episode. Yeah, this is so going to be a long episode, so... I'll keep, I'll keep this as short as I can, but like, I would avoid, I've heard before people almost talk about the bike industry like it's a conspiracy. They're like, oh, specialized and, and tracker, whoever, they're ripping you off and you can get the same bike for $400 straight from a catalog in China or whatever. And, you know, what? I, and like a lot of people used to talk about like Fazari this way, like you'd be an idiot to buy anything that's not this. And I totally disagree. There's absolutely to buy reasons to buy bikes from really high-end manufacturers. Like I'll say with Jibe, their suspension systems probably less sophisticated than a pivot or something like that. Like there are reasons to spend more on bikes, but you absolutely don't have to. And I think if you're looking to spend four or $5,000, which is still a ton of money for your kid's first bike, Jibe should absolutely be on your list. And then I think if you're spending more, um, Jibe should still maybe feature on the list, but you'd have to kind of weigh performance and weight and technology against some of the bigger, bigger, more established names. But if you're going to spend five grand on a bike, I'd shop used or Jibe. Yeah, you know. it's it's definitely definitely worth looking at. I, definitely worth super interesting, and and you know what? I want to see him succeed too. I think it'd be really cool. To have like, yeah, everyone that knows Jason really likes him. And yeah, yeah. So yeah, he's, that's our that's our nuanced take. If you want more information, hit us up. We got to move on. So we're, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'll try to shut and, up a little more today. And and then um, so the other thing I want to talk about real quick too is a lot of you know Christoph Heinrich. You know the Heinrich family is kind of a Salt Lake local, local legend, local cycling Cyclo- legend, cyclocross national champion. Like if if you ever see Christoph out on it, or like many of you have had the experience I have several times of like doing a race and then having Christoph lap you. Um, I have several distinct memories of that happening. Absolute gentleman. Um, he's, he's super cool, but just amazingly fast. Yes, and really good cyclist and. Um, I actually remember one time I asked Christoph, you know, like, why are the Swiss? Because because uh, he's from Switzerland, mm-hmm. um, and and I asked him, you know, like, why are the Swiss riders so fast? And he told me it's because of the sausage that they eat. Oh, okay, it's a Swiss sausage. So maybe that's something we need. Should to try. we try the Swiss diet? Yeah, let's just just sausages and beer, and then so, go win World Cups. <laughs> actually, here's kind of an embarrassing story. Like the first time I met Christoph. I don't know if it's the first time or not, but I was with Christoph, a little nervous talking to him because he's so cool and I'm not. And and I'm like, oh, so you're from Switzerland? You must like Swedish fish. <laughs> Which is funny because not only did you confuse Switzerland and Sweden, you acknowledged that you knew he was from the right country. And then in the same sentence. And he laughed and he said, I won't impersonate his accent, but. He said that people ask him that all the time. <laughs> that is the most gracious thing ever because I guarantee no one has ever said that to him before. <laughs> well, hopefully he thinks I was trying to be funny. I Well, you know, I don't know, Dan. You keep telling yourself that. Um, so, oh, anyhow, we were, we were talking about Kristoff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why we were talking about Kristoff is actually um, I talked to him the other day and he had a couple little projects he's working on that I thought were super interesting and I just wanted to kind of spread them out to the side. Dan's been holding it. He won't tell me what it is. He wanted, he wanted to get a surprise reaction on the podcast. So I'm going to hear this for the first time. Yeah. Just to see if you think it's a good idea. So, so Christoph was like a, a software engineer that retired and he's got a little project he's working on. And the first one is he, he told me he's starting a lawn mowing company, which really <laughs> a lo- what like a retired software engineer who's a cyclist, who's a cyclist is starting a lawn mowing company. I thought that was really, okay. really odd. 
But turns out what he's actually doing is is starting a zero emissions lawn mowing company that's going to be franchisable to local youth within neighborhoods. And and he he mowed lawns last summer with this kind of prototype setup to kind of test it out. And he's got like a utility e-bike that pulls a tiny little trailer that has like a like a solar panel on top and all the equipment is is electric battery powered powered and by it, the solar panel yeah and so it's like a zero emission self sustainable like yeah it's it's really, really? kind of cool and and his idea is you know like you can get like kids or college students or or whoever in in like a certain little area right and and they would kind of either finance the equipment or or they could just buy it or whatever, and then they would go around and and mow lawns. Interesting. And I used, to, yeah, well, like when I was in high school, I was alone. And gosh, it's really, really good exercise. It's 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 fairly lucrative too. Yeah, it, it, yeah. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, we we can maybe post some info. He's got a little website or something. We can post that on the website too. That's well, kind of a brilliant idea. Isn't though. that kind of fun? That's super cool, and it also makes sense because like. You know, like like the neighborhood where Kristoff lives and where we live, and, and and Mill Creek in general is is an aging kind of area where a lot of people are like, you know, I'd rather just pay someone to mow my lawn. There's probably a huge opportunity for that here, huh? Yeah, and I think he really wanted to kind of reach out to the cycling community, um, interesting, because I think we would be more interested in this, and also we have access to all these youth that could. I mean, that would be like an awesome summer job. You oh, know? especially if you're in college too, to keep you in shape. That's flat. I would do this over a bike shop job in a heartbeat. Oh yeah. In a heartbeat. Yeah, bike shop jobs kill your fitness. Everyone oh, yeah. that gets a bike shop job, they lose their fitness. Yeah. I don't know what yeah. it is. It's yeah. It, but this. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, and, and then just the, the other thing he's working on just really quick is it's an app. Oh, it's an app called bikeable city. And this app is also already exists in Switzerland really? and it's very popular and successful there. But basically it's an app that, you know, as, as you're going around, as you're riding your bike around the city, you can mark hazards and, and places where, where cycling's not safe and it collects the data and reports it to the different municipalities. And, and the goal is just to basically make a safer cycling community. Interesting. Um, and so, yeah, he, Christoph, what a deadbeat! Starting businesses all over the place, being a national champion. Gosh, like I know. So, geez. So yeah, I just kind of want. And we'll probably wow. talk a little bit more about about this. And this is in, you'll hear more. And if you're interested, uh, let us know. We maybe put you in touch with Christoph. If that sounds like something you'd want to look into doing, that's fascinating. I almost yeah. huh. Cool guy. Very so. interesting. Okay, yeah. If you have uh, any questions, send them our way, and we'll 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 put you in touch with the right folks. Okay. So, um, should we do, should we do our, our little rapid fire quiz? Yeah. So, so this is funny. Um, I went on to the Mayberry because I'm always asking people to send me quiz questions for Dan, right? And I went on to Instagram today and I just, I posted on the Mayberry account. Um, hey, send me, send me questions for, for the quiz. And we got a whole bunch of like, it was interesting. We got a whole bunch of like quiz questions, some would you rathers. We got, um, like, like general, like fitness questions and stuff. Um, uh, so we have a ton, way more than usual. And I do want to get through them all. So we're going to do this kind of rapid fire style. We won't do super in-depth. And in you're depth. doing Amy's question too. Well, I'm going to start with that. Okay. Um, and I haven't, we haven't seen, well, I haven't seen any of these questions yet. So. Yeah. So th- this, this, yeah, this, this should be, this should be good. 
Um, and well, again, we're crowded, so we're going to jump right into it. Yeah, we're going to do these really fast. Really rapid fire. If I don't know the answer, we'll just move, move on. Move right on. Uh, Amy's question was, why was stage six of Perry Nice canceled? Oh, this well, week? well, because um, someone forgot to hire, <laughs> <laughs> forgot to have a permit um, for that particular day. And there was a traffic issue. Bad guess. Um, <laughs> wind. Crazy wind. Okay. Insane. There's videos on Instagram of people being blown off the road. Right, like, okay. like, like, yeah, it's, um, yeah, wind. I, I believe I'm no, correct in saying that. I had yeah. no clue. Yeah. Perinese this year, Perinese is really quick for very quick background. It's a week-long stage race that kind of, you know, shows the who's who for the Grand Tours for the season. And Tade Pogachar crushed it he destroyed Vingegaard and on his Colnago right on his Colnago See, which there was that. some there was some I uh, heard that is that the same race there's some that? controversy okay. yeah where Tom Boone and one of the biggest cyclists ever came out and said that like Tade Pogachar would go faster on like any other bike so the, the wind was big enough they canceled it yeah that's, that high enough that doesn't happen very that often. doesn't exactly that's pretty rare hmm. yeah high enough wind we'll we'll talk more about the if people are interested in hearing about the the beef with Tom Boonen and Colnago and his Instagram apology and Tade Pogacar's insistence on winning, even if he is apparently on a slower bike. But um, we'll go rapid fire into the Instagram questions now. Um, number one, Dan, this is an interesting one. Um, I don't know if, if we should say names. I think we can say names. I, none of these are like super personal or anything. Probably, yeah, sure. Um, uh, Benjamin Bigwood asks, how can I get my siblings to start biking without bribing them? Oh, that's easy answer and get friends to go with them. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's easy. Probably yeah. more effective than bribing. Yeah, bribing doesn't make, work that Make it well. social. But yeah, make it social, make it fun. And if they can bring a friend along, that's the magic. That's the whole magic of the Nike thing. That's why we do what we do. Yeah, that's the magic of the group rides is yep. friends. Friends. Really good question. I love that question, actually. Ching. Okay, Cole Horner asks, what's worse to ride in, rain or wind? So we'll count down from three and you tell me what you think. Well, when you when you Zwift, it doesn't matter. Oh my gosh, that's, that's true. So three, two, one, wind. Rained. Really? I would much rather ride in rain than wind. Really? Riding in the wind sucks. So on the road, but okay. So I should say on the road, I'd rather ride in rain than wind. On the mountain bike, I'd rather ride in wind than rain. Yeah, I'd I'd rather ride in wind any day. But that's on the Some, mountain bike. Sometimes it helps you. When it hurts you, you're just getting more exercise. Ugh. Riding on the road in the wind sucks, though. That's that's our that's our nuanced answer okay, to that one. That's a fun question. Uh, Jake Broussard asked, "At what age did you decide to start racing bikes?" So for me, it was fourteen. For you, it was what? 58. 50. <laughs> I don't know. It's okay, Dan. You only look 58. Um, how old were you when you did your first bike know, race? Because like, it was, it was, it's af like, yeah. it was way after I, I started. Huh? Yeah, it was, yeah, I was probably in my 30s or something. Your 30s? I think so, yeah. You weren't in your 30s when I... 40s? Were, were you? I don't know. Oh my gosh, you were... Maybe you're like late 30s? How old are you? I'm 46. Dang, wow. Okay, all right. Um, we'll move right along. Uh, Miles Baker, I love Miles Baker's questions. Ask, what oh, is no. tire durometer? Okay, I know that one. This that's, is the rare tech question that Dan can actually answer. Yeah, that, that's actually how soft your tires are. How hard or soft? It's a measure of hardness, technically, yeah. Okay. right? Yeah, and like the softer ones are grippier. 
Um, Softer tires are grippier and faster, faster. wear out, you know, more expensive, wear out quicker. Harder tires are like if I had an e-cargo, like I'm sure Christoph's uh, cargo e-bikes for his lawn mowing project have really um, uh, lower hydrometer. Which direction does it go? Harder, higher, harder, higher, harder, right? So I probably really hydrometer tires, you know, like the S-Works tires that I pay through the nose for that I love on my road bike are like, you know, 80 bucks a piece. Those are really low durometer. Yeah, and they don't last you very long, but they nope. are awesome. So. No, they don't. Um, Ken Montague has some fun questions here. Um, Ken asks, how many USA riders are in the women's top 40 UCI rankings? And who are in, they? In what discipline? I think just g- generally. We'll assume in the mountain in mountain bike. In mountain? In top 40? Top 40. I don't know if he provided an answer for this. I'll have to. Let me see if I can look this up. Well, here. I would. Gosh, there's got to be at least. From the U.S.? Five? What would Let's you guess? see. I'm, well, I'm assuming there's Kate Courtney. And then um, who else do we have? Haley Batten. Haley Batten, yep. Oh, yeah, Haley Batten for sure. Um, I might have to look this up. I'm having a hard time finding this. Actually, I'll tell okay, you maybe what. Maybe we'll get back to that Ken, one. Ken, let me, you do the research. You let me know, and we will follow up next week. Okay. But I'm going to guess five. Five sounds reasonable. Yeah. Um, Kelsey Urban. Yeah, there's a few. Um, next, Ken also asks, um, and this is kind of like a training question. He says, when riding in power zone two, my heart rate zone tends to be much higher, zone three or zone four. Um, can you discuss the correlation between power zones and heart rate zones if there is one? Okay, that would make a great podcast. It's like a whole episode. What's your very brief answer to that for now? Well, it really kind of depends if it's cons- if they're consistently that spread apart that's one thing versus if he kind of starts out with a heart rate in one zone that creeps up into another as he goes on that's called decoupling um you know and and i guess really the two zones don't always play perfectly together because um you know there's there's a lot of variation in heart rate when or, well, not really variation, but the um, your power is going to fluctuate quickly, especially yeah. if you're outside or on a mountain bike or something where the heart rate is going to be a little more steady and the changes are going to be more gradual. So they don't always compare perfectly, but but really comparing the two is is actually really fascinating because um, in an ideal perfect world, if you have your zones perfectly set, you know if you're in zone two power, your heart rate should be. A, about there but after a certain point as you start to fatigue that heart rate gets greater higher and higher higher and higher and or the power goes down you know but interesting really that's the yeah comparing heart rate and power is fascinating and really tells probably needs a whole episode to get yeah that's that's actually a really good question excellent um also it might be a lot of times um maybe zones aren't really accurately set you know one might one you might know, be off. They might need to be calibrated too if okay. they're always off. So, And then final question from, from Ken Montague here. When you say to ride in zone two, do you mean power zone two or heart rate zone two? Oh my gosh. I would love to do another zone two episode. Gosh, that's all we talk about, huh? I would love to. Should rename this the zone two podcast? <laughs> um, that's actually really debatable. There's there's a lot of people, like I, like I, th- I personally think that because if you're trying to ride in power zone two, that keeps your 
kind of the, the pressure on your pedals about really consistent throughout the ride. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you keep it in a heart rate zone too, you can kind of go, you can have spikes and, and troughs, but then it just averages out at zone two. Like power spikes and troughs. Yeah. Your heart rate. Average. But your heart rate. Heart kinda, rate's probably more practical. Heart rate's easier. It's probably hmm. easier to, and, and honestly, you kind of get a similar effect either way. Hmm. Interesting. Um, okay. Yeah. We need to do like a whole episode. Sorry, Ken, you asked, your, your questions are too good for this format today, Ken. We will, we will do some follow-up there. Um, uh, uh, Alex DeFishboy, who's this? Hang on, I need to learn everybody's Instagram handles. I forget. Alex DeFishboy, uh, Pogachar or Vingegaard? Um, Pogachar, because I've heard of him. Because you've heard of him? Vingegaard's the defending tour champion. Okay. Be, beat, I think I, my answer to that is I still like Vingegaard more over three weeks, but Pogachar's unbeatable and, and is... I wouldn't be surprised to see Pogachar beat Vingegaard. Well, I don't know, because Vingegaard has a better team. That needs like a whole episode too. I think generally Pogachar is my answer, but I wouldn't at all be surprised A whole surprised episode on Pogachar versus Vingegaard? I, yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, man. I could do I could do a whole series on that. Oh, wouldn't that be fun? Wouldn't that... Come on. Oh, as, oh it, don't high road me <laughs> as if your stuff's interesting. It depends on what flavor of nerd you are, Dan. Um, uh, this is interesting. Uh, Marcus O'Neill, uh, name one rumored yet to be released, uh, bike part. You don't follow tech oh. news, do you? Let's see if you can think. I've of heard of something, but I don't think I'm allowed to say actually. Oh, really? About, is it like embargoed? A, a SRAM thing? A SRAM? What, what about it? Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. You, yeah. Nope. Okay. Yeah. Let's not. Oh, yeah. I won't say that. Let's not, let's not make any awkward situations for anyone. Um, a specialized uh, has a bike. This is on Bike Rumor. This is like very public. They have a, a patent they just filed for a gravel bike that does not have a seat tube. Um, I think I'm I'm correct in, in saying. Did I show you the picture of that? It's maybe like people think it's maybe the next Diverge or something. Hmm. Um, I wonder if I could pull up. We, you know, we're we're doing lightning round here. I think yeah. I was right in saying it didn't have a seat tube or something crazy like that. Okay. Um, there's also always different yeah, drives. You can't research anything in lightning around. No. Yeah. And there's also some like drivetrain stuff coming from Shimano. That's supposed to be interesting, but throw those out there. Um, Brady Preston asks, would you rather not have a power meter or not be able to eat at Cafe Rio? Oh, that's just, <clears throat> that's sick. That's a sick question. <laughs> I mean, for me, yeah, I'd give up my power meter. I don't know. Like there's just some happiness in my life that would be missing. You know, as a true Utah, I have to I have to stick with Cafe Rio personally. What about you, Dan? You know, I'd probably have to give up my power meter, which <laughs> which sucks. Which sucks. Which is a testament. You tried you tried Cafe Rio breakfast yesterday. Huh? I did. Yeah, that's a fun new development for those of you here in Utah. And yeah, you it's were, only at certain locations. You were somewhat impressed. It wasn't. I mean, it tasted good. It wasn't too different from their lunch menu and stuff. But mm. they added like potatoes and eggs to it, and it was good. Okay. All right. Uh, next question here. Well, that's a lot of questions. Next question we have. Um, this one's coming from Xander. Oh, great. Uh, consider uh, Considering rolling resistance, weight, and tire pressure, do you think a 2.2 or a 2.4 is faster overall? It depends on the terrain. Depends on the terrain. I would say... I would say for most mountain bike applications, 2.4 is actually yeah, faster. Yeah, li I'm liking 2.4. Because really the width isn't affecting rolling resistance as much as people thought. Yeah. So yeah, I, I would say it's more generally 2.4, but in some cases 2.2 could still be faster. Yeah. I would say almost always 2.4. Yeah. I mean, if there's like a, I think there were some kind of misconceptions on 
on width and rolling resistance. That, yeah, that I, I think like 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 what's faster in a lab versus in the real world and stuff. And I would say like if it's a race course with like a ton of pavement or something, maybe like a really low pressure two point four would be a, a little slower. But yeah, I think generally we we would both. But say then 2. Like, there's always that like why isn't two point six better? You know because. Well, I don't know, Dan. I wish I was smart enough to answer that gracefully. I would say generally 2.4 if I had to pick one or the other. Would we feel good about that? That's what all the really fast people are doing right now. So I'm going to go. That's what Nino's doing. Yeah. Those are the uh, lightning round questions uh, for this week. Uh, This was kind of fun. I wouldn't mind doing this. People uh, send in whatever you want, anything you want us to discuss. And we should have like a timer on it though, like 20 seconds or less. But don't have me choose between a power meter and Cafe Rio that's, again. Oh, that was kind of... That's sadistic. I feel bad. I'm, Go get some help, Brady. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know a good therapist. Come talk to him. Uh, that was way too dark for this podcast. Um, moving on now to... We have kind of two main topics, sort of, today. Again, very crowded pod. And what are yeah. we at? 32 minutes? It's going to be a long podcast. Okay. So Buckle, buckle up, everybody. Up. Get comfortable. Get some popcorn. And and the most important thing I want to talk about, like I've saved for the very end. So oh, there we go. See, we're learning all the like all the all the sneaky tricks that you know content creators do to get you to listen all the way through. But carry on, Dan. Okay, so yeah, we had um, Dr. Ross do a University of Maybird Zoom I meeting. I love the Dr. Ross things. With, yeah, he's really good. He's, he's really good. Super smart. Really good. Um, yeah, he just explains things in a way. And and I actually went back and listened to it again, and I got so much more out of it the second time. And and, and this time we just wanted him to talk about mental health in general. Um, the first time we had him on, we were having, we, he was talking about like burnout mm-hmm. it, and this time it was more just general being more mentally healthy, mm-hmm. covered a lot of topics. Um, we're actually having him back soon and I'm, I'm really looking forward to that, but I just took a few notes and there's just a few things that I just kind of wanted for those that missed it. Um, it's it, there. We do have it recorded. There is a recording that you can, can listen to. Um, but this is just be kind of just a few highlights that I thought that might be interesting for those that might have missed it or just maybe to refresh some people's memories. But the first the, one of the first things he said was um, there's no health without mental health and top performance requires both. Interesting. Yeah, I think that's really I mean, it, not as fair because I think I think a lot of like the best cyclists are just ridiculously mentally mentally robust. strong yes you know? have to be you really yeah you really kind of re- yeah to be a professional cyclist you really have to be able to to, to get be, knocked down and get back up again to be just, an amateur cyclist you have to be i mean this is not an easy sport yeah. this is a very very difficult sport it's super challenging in a way that a lot of other sports aren't even a lot of other endurance sports aren't yeah yeah you know and so really taking care of our mental health it it's going to benefit our physical health too, and yeah, and vice versa. Physical health is going to benefit our mental health, mm-hmm. and they just kind of play together. And neither exist in a vacuum. Right? Yes, yes. And he said, mental health is at the center of our overall health and well being. So, hmm. which which sounds kind of obvious, but when you really think about it, like I think mental health is, and it, I think we're doing better at 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 paying attention to it and and trying to actively help it, but. Well, you know, you kind of think about it because, like, you know that getting out and being active and, and exercising is good for your mental health. Right. But it's hard to get out and exercise and be active if you're not mentally healthy. Yeah, and it's like it's like once you start doing it, it's easier to do, and then you feel it's like it's either a good or a bad cycle, and you have to make sure that your momentum's going in the right direction, huh? 
Yeah. And so the next thing he mentioned, and this is what I thought was kind of the most profound hmm. and I, I think is just, just gold. He said, burnout is the mismatch between joy and pressure. The pressure to perform outweighs the joy. So I thought that's, you know, cause I think a lot of people really, I, I don't know that that, that definite, cause that's what I've seen with kids that, right. that burn out. Right. You know, it's not because they're not in 10 million different sports. It's, it's because they're just feeling too much pressure. They just feel like too many eyes are on them. And it just kind of takes the fun away from the sport. Like know? there's a ton of misconceptions. Like you mentioned, like the sports thing that like people should be like, oh, it's bad because they're just doing side. I've never seen somebody burn out because like, oh man, I wish I was also doing hockey. You know, like I, I don't think that burns. In fact, I would almost say that doing too many things burns you out of all of them. More I than think there's a happy medium because it is. A, I mean, the one thing the multiple sports does do is it takes some of the like, like if you only have one sport and you fail at it, right? It's, that's it's true. more devastating than you, you, you know, if you don't have anything in your back pocket. So it definitely is important, but the, the real issue is just, just the, like being able to deal with the pressure. And well, and the other thing is it's interesting because he doesn't, the answer isn't remove pressure because that a lot of people get out of the sport that way too. And there's some no, people thrive on it. Yeah. I think, I think it's finding the right, like for me, I think the right amount of pressure is to race a handful of times a year. And then there's other people who thrive on race, you know, like Jamerson, you know, I was talking to talking about him the other day. Like he seems to thrive on tons and tons and tons of racing. Um, so it's kind of hard to find that like that sweet spot where it's enough pressure to keep you motivated without crushing you mentally. But if, if ever what you're doing is outweighing the joy that you're experiencing from it, you're not doing something right. Oh this, yeah. This should be joyful. It should be happy. It should be fun. Um, so if and, cycling's not joyful, really take stock of what you're and stop it because it's, it's expensive and dangerous. If it's not fun, you shouldn't do it, you know? So, and then he talked about anxiety. Um, well, he talked about like fear, you know, cause hmm. fear is like, if you, if you're walking down the street and a lion jumps out, you're going to, that's going to, you're going to be right. It's going to be fear. Right. Anxiety is similar to fear, but it's fear of something that hasn't happened yet. It's that there might be a lion that's about to jump out. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. You know, which I thought was interesting. I hadn't thought but about that distinction. Your body kind of treats it similar. Really? Um, and, and he said that anxiety in the sport usually becomes, it's usually because of a threat to our identity. Interesting. Isn't that interesting? Does this have to, is because this is right. It's like, we talked about identity foreclosure. Way, yeah. We, way yeah, back we had a, a podcast on that. Back. Interesting. Yeah, expand on that because I I did I actually missed this latest one. I had a work commitment. What was what was his what what was what was the thought with like the threat to your idea? Is it like that I I all I am is a cyclist, and if I'm a bad cyclist, I'm a bad person? Because I've kind of had that thought process. Oh, yeah, before. totally. You know, like like you worry that if you do bad in this race, that people are going to think less of you. Yeah, and that you're a failure as a cyclist, and you know, like like. I, I mean, I feel that some, and, and the reality is no one really cares. I think the people that like me are still going to like me, whether I come in second or 50th, you know, right. they, but for, I do think we, and we all need to do, I've, I'm guilty of this too, of like, almost like attaching, like, like morality to race results that like, Oh, he won the race. He must be the hardest working, most dedicated when that reality, you know, like he, you know, there's a, there's so many different factors that play into it. And then I felt before that, like, 
oh man, I, I finished 12th in this race. That means there are 11 people out there who are better than me, like as a person, not just as a cyclist, right? Well, and I've been hearing a lot too about just like athlete development and and we even talked about this in another podcast, how like, like a lot of kids that are kind of finishing mid-pack get ignored when their day might yet be coming soon. Right. And, and they kind of get ignored and, and not developed and so forth. But Right. But their development might be slower, but but more linear. Oh, than, I wouldn't than, be surprised if twenty years from now some guy wins the overall I Cup Pro title and he's currently finishing, you know, eighty second in JVC. That's totally possible in my mind if he sticks with it. Yeah, and everyone else doesn't because the majority of people don't, right? Yeah, and and so like our next. Um, you know, our next time, Dr. Ross, it's going to be like the 23rd of March at five o'clock or something. It's on your team snap. Um, he's going to talk more about race anxiety, but that totally makes sense that, that some of that anxiety um, just comes from, it, it's like a threat to, to our identity. And yeah, he, he kind of, he, he, he basically said that kind of the antidote to that is to take race opportunities and rather than have them be a threat to turn them into a challenge hmm. or to turn them into an opportunity, which is just such a better way to approach that. Probably. You know? Yeah. Because yeah. the answer, I think it's good to have cycling be part of your identity. I think you should be proud to call yourself a cyclist. And I think, I mean, I'm, I'm or an athlete that rides bikes. Is okay. What we, well, what okay. We well, okay, Dan, an athlete that rides. No, but I think cycling should be a part of your identity. I, I would, I would encourage it, but, um, but yeah, you definitely don't want to fall into the trap of... It should be a part of your identity. not your entire identity. But not your entire... Oof. Yeah. Uh-oh. I'm so in trouble. We had a whole podcast about this. Yeah. You know, so this is, go, go back and listen to that one. Um, but um, yeah, so so I, th I think that really if we can kind of change our mindset around races, that it's like a cool opportunity that we get to live in a cool enough place to, yeah. to ride bikes with cool people and... And, and have competitive have, infrastructure like that's cool and have the fitness to even finish some of these courses which yeah. the average person off the street couldn't do no and, probably not uh, and you know and these people are racing in it's it's a challenge it's not a threat you know that right. we just we're just there to see what we're capable of and yeah and again know, like we are an amateur sports team none of you are racing for a paycheck if you're listening to this that i'm aware of you know, if you are, let me know. Cool to have some pros listening to this, but like, you're, especially at, for, at best, you're racing for marginal discounts, <laughs> right? Exactly. You know, I yeah, that, that don't really mean anything. Um, yeah, like don't don't approach this that way. That's a total waste of energy. Yeah, so Gosh, that's I love the doctor. He's good, man. He's he's good. Has he he's, written any books? No, oh no, but he has. He does the for training peaks. He's doing like a whole mental health series. It's really? like a class series that you can sign up for. Interesting. Um, and you know, it's kind of like a few minutes a day of some, some things that you can do that would improve your mental health, which I'm going to, I haven't looked at it too closely, but I think it's something that would be really worthwhile. Interesting. Um, you know, cause like Kate Courtney has a mental health coach that I think comes to all her races and, um, it's, it's a big deal. You know, it's, it's, Hmm. you know kind of a cool if you can get rid of, yeah if you can get rid of some of those blocks oh yeah you can really unleash oh, a yeah. lot of potential so oh yeah especially especially like super fit people where they've kind of maxed out the physical gains you know 
I think this is like a cool well, emerging in, in field. In fact, um, me, uh, mental health becomes more and more important the more elite you get. Right, right, right. Yeah, like, like I said, I bet that'll be, be uh, you know, this will be a bigger and bigger deal. I think there'll be a lot of people who specialize in like professional sports psychology, you know, like that's interesting stuff. So what, when was it, March 23rd at five o'clock? Yeah. Yeah. Check, team snap. check check team snap defer to whatever team snap says not what we're remembering here and plug for team snap use team snap please please use team snap what was it you messed up on last week you said like temecula was this weekend or something or like uh yeah i actually said this week when i meant to say the end of the month please, I said, please don't listen to everything we say on this podcast defer, <laughs> defer to team snap please use it um moving on to the next topic here you have been banging on about energy systems and energy no. balance energy, energy balance. Ba- i know no, energy, energy balance what for a long time now all week i'm excited to talk about this what are you talking about i really have no clue where we're going with this this is unfamiliar territory <laughs> for me so i don't well i've been like doing a lot of digging in and, and learning about this stuff and like I got realizing like the morning we were supposed to do the podcast, I had nothing written down that I was actually going to talk about. Yeah. So you've just been, you've been researching this just for kicks, not even with the It's just been of... really, really interesting to me. Something I'm super interested in. And, um, you know, I, I hope everyone finds this interesting as well. I think that, um, I think probably what I'm going to be talking about first will be more interesting to you when you're in your twenties and thirties. But then what I'm talking about at the end is, is very very applicable to youth youth athletes so um so oh you're gonna say something it's kind of funny when you do that because it reminds me of watching if you watch those youtube videos where it's like here's the top 10 whatever you won't believe the last one like you're you're totally doing the you know this might be interesting at first, but at the end we're gonna talk about so you know like trying to well, like bait people no no i worry yeah i mean i worry most people listen to the first part but not the end you know it's kind of tricky making podcast for this generation and I, I include myself when I say this generation where like my attention span has a become a, a 15 second long TikTok <laughs> like I'll be like mildly interested in something and like at second 11 I'm like I'm bored I'm moving on you know so if you're listening to this you're a trooper keep yeah. keep it up thank you so yeah we're today I wanted to talk about um, energy balance and metabolism okay so so Joe what what do you think when I say metabolism what do you think that is I mean, metabolism is the, the 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 process of your your body using energy, right? It's a taking in energy and and it's deriving energy from from things that we eat to you know like is it is it almost like gathering potential energy that turns into kinetic energy when your body moves? Like, I don't yeah, know. I'd, I'd say that's a pretty good definition. Am I, I mean, throwing darts in so the right neighborhood? The term metabolism is huge, and you know, it right. cover it, it basically kind of covers like all the biochemical processes that our body does it's like a huge huge topic i mean and there's like you know there's like carbohydrate metabolism fat metabolism you know um but what we're kind of referring to more is like what you said basically turning food into energy right you know and um and so do you think, or what do you think about, like, you know, you, you hear about people having high metabolism or low metabolism, right. right? Right. How important do you think that is in, in like, if someone's struggling to maintain, like, a healthy weight, how critical is their, quote, unquote, metabolism in achieving that? I don't... I. 
I would imagine somewhat important is my boring answer to that question. I mean, I, I wish I could pick one side or the other, but that is, is, is I mean, like, it, it has to mean something. I mean, are we born with like innate different rates of metabolism and some people's are higher than others? I really, I really have no idea. And, and I think you answered that well. It, it's oh, really? wow. somewhat okay. important, but it's, it's far from everything. And, hmm. and in fact, I think most people probably give an um, air quotes, high metabolism, more credit than it might deserve. Is it a thing? Do people have, are people born with different, like I said, like innate, unchangeable rates of metabolism? Or does that, does it get, does your body metabolize things differently when you get in better shape? Or I have, I've re, I really have no clue. I have no idea how Okay, that's works. a really good, yeah. And we're, um, we're going to get to that in a sec, but, you, okay. but yes. Okay. Yes, some people do, you know, and, and like I think of it as some people's engines idle a little at, at a slightly higher RPM than other people's. What's well, a car metaphors here? Apologies to the non-car people. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's not, you know, it, it makes a difference, but it's not, it, it's not the only thing. And, hmm. okay. you know, and it, it doesn't determine your destiny. Interesting. Because I bet if you looked at, at like the start list of a World Cup, you probably have a mix of different metabolisms on that start line. Yeah, right? and there, there's a lot of different things that influence it. And it's not, I don't think it's really what people think of. Yeah. You know, like. Because when we say metabolism, we're talking about it in like a 90s diet culture way. Like, oh, Timmy has a really high metabolism. So he eats a bagel and his body just burns it up into energy. But 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 and, Timmy has a I really low explain, metabolism. Yeah, and I can and explain he, why the, that happens You know, when too. he eats the bagel, it doesn't, it turns into fat. Right? Like that is the context in which I've heard metabolism discussed. Yeah, but it's not like one of them is just magically laying in bed burning way more than the other person magically laying in right. bed. You know, it's, and that, it that doesn't, wouldn't even necessarily be good for you from an athletic point of yeah, view. It right? doesn't, doesn't really work though. It's pretty, pretty nice. So let's, um, let's first talk about energy balance. Okay. Okay. What do you mean by energy balance? I'm, I'm so curious to finally know what, what does that mean? Energy balance is, is something you're really familiar with. It's just calories in and calories out. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, so first of all, what is a calorie? So this is interesting. I took high school physics, so I can tell you that the okay. calorie is a measurement of, of temperature, right? Or of like, if, of like, it's, it's, uh, hang on. It's like the amount, it's like to boil a certain amount of water by one yeah, degree something or like something that. like that. But the important thing to remember, remember about a calorie is it's not it's like a unit of energy. It's yeah. It's a unit of measurement. Just kind right. of like inches is a right, unit right, right. of how you measure distance or or miles per hour is how incorrect you can, really quick. I know it was incorrect to say it was measured. It's not a measurement of temperature, but it's like, it is actually how much is it a measurement of a change in temperature of a, it's, it, it's the energy required to change a yeah. certain volume of water. And I don't even by, remember that okay. definition. That that's yeah. Calories are um, energy, but right? Cal yeah. Calorie is a measurement of energy. Okay. Just, just kind of like, um, pounds is a measurement of weight or something. Right. It's not something you can see under a microscope. Okay. It's, um, yeah. So, you know, so high calorie foods are just high energy foods. Right, right, right. So, um, so if you have, you know, I mean, a lot of people are kind of debating like, you know, which diet is the best, you know, is it yep. keto? Is it low carb? Is, is it, it carnivores? The new one intermittent fasting, yeah. level, you know, and really none of that matters. It's just like, you know, if, if you have a positive energy balance, that basically means if you are consuming more energy than you're using, your weight will increase, whether that's in fat or muscle or growth, it depends, you know, but 
your weight would increase if you have a positive energy balance. If you have a negative energy balance, your weight would decrease, and that could be from you know, fat loss or muscle loss or what, you know, so. And if we want to be really technical, it is, it isn't really calories in, calories out. It is calorie or, or energy metabolite, like energy your body actually absorbs versus what you used is like the truest definition, right? Because you could theoretically eat something that has a hundred calories, but you only metabolize a certain, is that true? Or is that, is that not really? So we'll talk about that in just a sec. Okay. I keep jumping ahead. No, 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 that's good. Dan and I do not share notes. I don't know how many times I need to say this, (laughs) but, but quite simply, it really does come to, you know, how much, how much, how many calories are you consuming versus how much energy are you using? Right. Right. And if, you know, if it's equal, that's called, that's called maintenance. And the way to know if, if you're, in a maintenance phase is if your weight stays the same. Right. And you really only could know that if you're weighing yourself like daily. Under the same conditions at the same time. Over a period of time. Yeah. Like weighing yourself randomly isn't good because like your weight can flow. And it's usually water weight based on your glycogen stores. Go take a dump. You're three pounds lighter. Finish a big meal. You're five pounds heavier. Like, well, you know, and yeah. And and like, like if your glycogen stores are full because it bonds with water, that can add about five pounds. Right. 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 You know, like I would never weigh yourself before a race because hopefully you're about five pounds heavier. Yeah. And that's five pounds of fuel. Well, and for the pros, they weigh them to see how much, how much they need to water them. You know, like they'll be like, Oh, Hey, we're at the end of today's stage and we're on stage 13 of the zero or something. And you've got a few more days to go. Yeah. The, the, the huge weight fluctuations are water weight. That's why if you're going to weigh yourself, you should weigh yourself like every day. And they have like smart skills that kind of track it on an app. And so you're really watching for trends, but that's not what we're really talking about. Oh, and really quick, we should also say anytime we're discussing weight with like a youth cycling team here, unless your doctor has told you to weight loss should not be a goal for the youth cyclists listening to this. This is a good principle to understand. And for the adults, it might be useful. You should not be weight loss should not be a focus unless a physician has told you it should be. Yeah. And this isn't a weight loss pot. We're not talking about weight loss. We're just talking about energy balance. (laughs) Right. Um, and, and, and we, I will get into that too. Sorry. I just want to, I just want to throw that out. I don't want to, you know, go into the bad places I went when I was this age, you know? I mean, yeah. And when you're in your twenties and thirties, you might, you know, it'll be, but but right now when you're in high school, it's, it's probably real. I can't think of anyone that rides their bikes consistently as a high school student that should be concerned at all about losing weight. If for whatever, listen to your doctor over us, but yeah, probably not a worry for any of you. Yeah. So that's, so that's energy balance, right? Pretty, pretty simple. Um, so so there's some things that will affect our energy balance and there's, there's four main ones. And the first one is your basal metabolic rate. Okay. And you've all heard of this. And this is when people talk about air quotes, metabolism, I think they're really kind of referring to the basal metabolic rate. Right. And this is just how much energy you use to stay alive. Okay. Cause you your know? body uses a considerable amount of energy to keep your heart beating and your Blood, blood moving pumping and your lungs and, breathing and, and your cells regenerating <clears throat> and your, your brain draining. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it uses, and for most people, it's more than half. It's about 60 to 70% for, for non-athletes. Most of the energy they use is just to stay alive. And based on it would be how many calories you'd burn laying down doing nothing, right? Yes. Because all of us do things in our life where you get up and you walk to your car and you drive mm-hmm. to work. And that's and, another you know, category like, there. Okay. Basal metabolic rate is just just, just to stay alive. Okay, got it. Um, and, and and like I say, I think when people think of a high metabolism, they think that 
that you know say someone who's like super fast super healthy like yeah. has a really really high basal metabolic rate that's true to a small small degree yeah um not really yeah. so what what really what really affects your basal metabolic rate is you know your sex you know men tend to have a higher basal you know they, they need more calories typically than than women do um your size you know a big person right. is going to have a higher bmr than a smaller person um your body composition if you have like muscle is a lot more metabolically active than fat hmm. so people that have like a high percentage of muscle or are going to have a higher basal me metabolic rate right um, okay and uh, one thing that does, and this is one of the kind of few genetic things that really does, well, not, I, don't, I didn't not, say that right. Not few. Yeah. yeah. Try again, Dan. Take another <laughs> whack at that. One of, the, one of the genetic things that does affect your basal metabolic rate is your, your thyroid hormones. Oh, interesting. All right. Um, but it's not, you know, like, like I heard somewhere like, you know, if you have an, an underactive thyroid, it might make you 10 pounds heavier but it doesn't it's not the difference between being right so big you can't go anywhere right to being yeah. super you know it it, it does it's affect it but and like and anytime you just have to discuss it you just have to remember that this is so complex and that like and the other thing is like a lot of the information out here just misses all of the nuance you know people talk about like weight loss and stuff they're like oh here's the one easy trick or this is why ever this is why yeah. americans when it comes overweight. to weight loss weight gain it's completely oh. about energy balance yeah. you know there's fan there's different ways to get there right um this is what it boils to but just remember lots of complexity with all of these things we're talking yeah. about that and we then, can't capture and then the last thing that that affects your basal metabolic rate which is which is pretty interesting is um adaptive thermogenesis okay which basically means that like if you feed yourself more it's going to increase your basal basal metabolic rate if you if you feed yourself less it's going to lower that which you know kind of from an evolutionary standpoint makes sense right? yeah it totally makes sense and but this makes like and again we're not talking about dieting today but right. that does make dieting difficult because you cut off your food supply or you limit your food supply, right? Your engine revs slower right. and you start using less food. So right, it's right, right. kind of a, it kind almost of, kind of cancels some of your effort. Out a little bit. It's kind of like right. running up a Sandy Hill. But it makes sense that your body would do that because in, in lean times when you can't forage food or whatever, you mm -hmm. want your body to be using, to be running on eco mode, not, you know, but not sport mode. Yeah. But that, another car metaphor. that theory, that, that <laughs> principle is super important to keep in mind though. Hmm. Um, because we're talking about performance maximization here. So we almost look at it from the other side of a lot of weight loss. But, you know, like, like we have to talk about how to eat enough to get through point to point. Like those are the kind of conversations that we're having is like making sure you're fueling your body enough when usually this conversation is oriented around how to get away with as little, you know, energy intake as possible. Yeah, it's right? completely different for athletes, especially right, right, right. high performance athletes, and, well, and especially high, youth in, athletes. I youth mean, endurance. I mean, like, like, like yeah. what I just talked about will be interesting to you when you're like 25. Right, right. But right now you really, right. you guys are fine. And your, yes. you know, your parents, some of your parents might be yep. interested, but I, I just thought this was interesting information. And I think it, it is important to understand. So... So the second thing that that affects, you know, so BMR was the first thing. Um, the second thing that affects your energy balance is the thermic effect of food, which is kind of interesting. And, and it, this isn't a big impact, but it's it's interesting to point out that like 
you know, when you eat protein, you consume protein, about 20% of those calories that you consume when you eat protein are used for your body to digest that protein. So this is what I was saying earlier, where it's like you, 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 it's not, it, it isn't quite as simple as like calories on the nutrition facts in versus what your Garmin says out, right? Yes. There are some of these factors that play in. Yeah. And this, and this, um, um, this maybe affects about 10% of your overall energy balance. So okay. it's, it's worth considering, but it's not, not huge, but it's not there. huge. Um, so like, like if you eat a hundred grams of protein, um, or let's say a hundred calories of protein, Okay. 80 of those calories or 20 of those calories you used to digest it, which, you know, if you are trying to control your weight, that that's, um, hmm. okay. You know, uh, that's a good reason to consider more protein. Okay. Um, is carbs can- is about five to 10% and it depends okay. like, and because some fibers, you know, kind of like you were saying, some fibers, we don't absorb all the calories from some fibers that we eat. So that's kind of, and then, but fat is zero. Like, really? Yeah. It doesn't take, <clears throat> Your body's really good at digesting it, it. Yeah, processing fat. You know, there's interesting, huh? So I thought that was kind of interesting. So the third is exercise, and for most people, this isn't a huge factor. Like it, it isn't like a huge percentage of their overall um, energy expenditure. You know, because like like the government's always encouraging people to exercise thirty minutes a day. Yeah, you know, which is couple hundred calories, you know, right. two or 300 calories at most, you know, um, not, not a huge deal. No, you know, it's, it's considerable, but for athletes on the other hand though, yeah. like when, when we can do 2000 calorie workouts, right. That's a, I mean, that almost equals our basal metabolic rate that uh, people have pointed out before you know, like, uh, like looking at Strava or whatever, you know, one time someone was like, wow, it's like, it seems like pretty frequently, you know, as a cyclist, you can burn like you're, like, you're supposed to like adults should eat 2000 calories a day or whatever. It was like the FDA guideline or yeah, whatever it was. It depends on a lot of things, but yeah, exactly. But like that, that's the number we've heard all the time that like I do two thousand, I do multiple 2000 calorie days on the bike a year. Yeah, tons, I do. Tons. I do like 4,000 calorie, 5,000 calorie. Right. Days. Yeah. Well, I have, you know, I have those too. It's just, um, there are so, specific needs you have to be meeting there. That's like a big ask yeah. for your body. Yeah. Huh? We are not normal people. Right. You know? Yeah. So super, super important to keep that in mind. Um, but so, but for normal people, probably what's more and for, yeah. So for normal people that aren't necessarily athletes, what's really more important for weight control is, is the next one, which is non-exercise activity thermogenesis, which is called considered, it's like, they call it neat. Hmm. easier to remember this right here. If you're just like a normal sedentary non-athlete person and you're trying to lose weight, this is probably more effective than exercise. Really? Yes. Go on. Okay. So, and this, this right here is probably why people that you think have a quote unquote high metabolism. This might actually more be the reason why they appear to be that way is because of their neat. And this is basically your activities that are outside of your basal, basal metabolic staying alive and exercise. It's just how much you move during the day. Like the kind of like, in between. It's not exercise, but it's movement. It's movement, of. yeah. And some examples of this would be like like people that talk with their hands and, and move their hands a lot. 
burn can burn hundreds of calories a day just doing that. People that fidget a lot. Interesting. Um, you know, like, like it can easily like just this, this neat can, can easily account for up to like 500 calories a day. No problem. Whoa. And, and examples would be like going grocery shopping or doing the dishes Hmm. or, um, fidgeting or, or, you know, walking, like, 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 one thing I do and I've always done is like when I go to work, I park at the very end of the parking lot hmm. and I walk back and forth to my car about four times a day. And I figure I get at least a mile of walking in hmm. just from doing that, which is not nothing, you know? And, um, this is one of the drawbacks of working from home is that like I wake up in one room, walk to the other room and sit at a computer for a lot of the day, you know, but you should get up and, and hmm. walk around every so often. Interesting. Huh? Um, and, but yeah, so people that seem to have a high metabolism, they tend to just move more. Hmm. They tend to fidget more. They tend like, and and you watch people, you know, you watch these like, you know, these type of people that you think have a high, you, they, they just can't hold still, you know, they, Interesting. they don't like to sit around and watch TV and they don't like to sit around and play with their phones. They, they just have to be doing something. Hmm constantly until they go to bed. And so it's not that their bodies are just magically burning more calories while they're doing nothing. It's just that for whatever reason, and we'll talk about that reason in just a second, they just want to move more. So interesting. Okay. So for the non child, for the non youth athletes that are listening that might be concerned about weight. Yeah. If you, if you're looking to take off 20 pounds or something, you know, uh, or t- 10, five, ten, five yeah. ten, you know, doing more neat is really the key because because one thing that that makes this better than exercise when you do moderate exercise what does it do to your appetite it increases it yeah it increases it right which is good that's it's supposed to you know that's good because you're supposed to replace those calories um but if you are trying to lose weight and like none of the youth should be right um when you do neat type activities it doesn't really increase your appetite so that's why they say for like non-athletic individuals it's it's almost a better method of instead of trying to go to the gym every single day, park your car a little farther away, schedule your meeting in the conference room. That's at the other end of the floor or whatever, like do those interesting, like take the stairs instead of the elevator. Right. That kind of, which, which one just, just kind of throw it out there. That's why I think that like low intensity cycling, um, is good for people that, that want to lose a little bit of fat because, you know, you can burn, you can burn a lot of calories, but you don't really feel that extra hunger and have to replace it all. Hmm. Um, so, so yeah, that's kind of a, that's kind of an interesting thing. Um, so, you know, so the people with, with high metabolisms too, you know, like and that was air quotes, high metabolism, high metabolisms. They also just tend to have different like desires to eat. Like, like food just kind of isn't as important to them. Whereas, where some people, um, they just achieve more satisfaction from eating and have more cravings. Right here, man. I know that's, that's me right there. I Luckily love, I have I food and you know, and they tend to just like eat when they're hungry and stop when they're full, which mm. is probably a good mm. guideline for all of us. Something I, I need. Luckily I have a lot of desire and motivation to be active and move, but I do. It's balanced out by a desire I, to, I do like to eat a lot. I love so. eating. You know, I take it back. I don't wish that I, I didn't I, eating, eating brings me joy. Eating shouldn't be. And this is like a whole nother episode. Like I don't, 
I don't ever want this to come across as like you shouldn't derive joy from eating food. Oh, you absolutely that you should, should like obsess over. You know, you absolutely should, but you really there's a balance that yeah, needs to be struck. Make intelligent yeah. choices. You know, you know. Um, so a lot, a lot's been talked about lately about our hormones role in mm. all of this, and um, probably they get. A little more credit than they deserve sometimes but basically what the hormones role is well first of all we mentioned that like thyroid hormones will regulate BMR to a to an extent um, but also our hormones can influence our desires to to move and be active like I said like a lot of the people that just sub, like that do a lot of um, a lot of neat movements they they do that subconsciously Hmm. You know, they just... Um, they think, oh, I should get up and move around now. Yeah, or they just like fidget or they move around or they just don't sit It's still. like the path of least resistance is for them to move around and fidget. And yeah, they yeah they just have this extra energy they're just trying to get rid of, you know. Hmm. Um, but, you know, our hormones can affect our appetite. And... When you but, say hormones, like that's a, that's a pretty broad term too. I don't know how granular we can get here. Like which particular hormones are we talking about here? Um, well, so we did like a whole podcast on some of the, like the ones that would motivate us to move and so forth, but the ones that make us like leptin hmm. is, is one that, that kind of controls our appetite. Um, you know, you mentioned a second, like earlier about how, like, you know, you've got like these high school kids that can eat whatever they want and just not, not lose weight or not gain any weight or whatever. Right. And and that's because of that's um, that's because of human growth hormone, mm, okay. Which is a lot more, you know. That's why the teenage boys can do that. And as you get older, that that we we have less and less of that hormone available. And and that hormone basically what it does is it it signals our our proteins to kind of resynthesize, and and that actually takes a lot of energy. Hmm. And and just consumes a whole lot of calories and um yes like i said it does go away as we get older but one way to encourage that hormone to be more active is exercise so oh interesting okay yeah um is that why people dope with hgh it is and and i it's actually very very risky because the synthetic version has all kinds of drawbacks and Hmm. And it, if it, unless it's timed just right, it doesn't really have a good effect. Really? It, yeah. So it's really something that you would want to stimulate like naturally through good nutrition and exercise. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the, one of the reasons that the, the teenage boys just can eat whatever they want. And, yeah. You know, but then, they, but then they, the teenage boys turn into 30 year olds and then they and keep the same eating habits they had when they were teenagers. It's a different story. Yeah. The, every, yeah. Interesting. Okay. <clears throat> Yeah. So, so, so on to energy balance, um, you know, we, we did say a calorie is a calorie, right? Right. Like, um, a hundred calories of broccoli 
100 calories a Twinkie are the same thing. Or, yeah, the same from thing. An, from an energy standpoint. From, Granted, exactly. The 100 calories of broccoli is like, you know, a, like, like you'd a almost huge have a, amount, right? Yeah, you'd almost have a hard time eating that much You'd have a hard time broccoli. eating that much. And then that's like, you That's know. like a quarter of a Twinkie. <laughs> how big is, I don't know. I hate Twinkies. How, how much is a quarter of a uh, Twinkie? I don't, I love Twinkies. I'm not high-roading here. I like other bad for you foods. <laughs> Twinkie camp. Okay. Oh, I grew anyway. up on Twinkies. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> well, but, but, and this is it. Cause I was actually, I was watching something the the guy did the, tw the, the Twinkie diet and proved you could, he's like, I, I lived, he said he lived almost exclusively on protein shakes, Oreos, Doritos, and Twinkies, but he maintained a calorie deficit and he lost a ton of weight just to prove that like, yeah, you know, that's, that is what, and, and of course though, there's the practical issue of like, you know, you're going to be starving all the time if you're living on Twinkies, essentially, right? Mm -hmm. Where, like, you eat that 100 calories of broccoli, you're going to be full for, like, two hours. You might, you might feel kind of sick after. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, know. the interesting thing about, like, like there's... And we're going to be talking about, like, an energy def deficit here soon. But, mm -hmm. like, if all you ate was broccoli it would be hard to get enough calories to meet your energy exactly. demands. Yeah, you know? exactly. Like, yeah. like, that sounds like a good thing, but it's, you know, you'd, you'd be chronically under fueled if that's all you did you know right so um so there's foods that are like energy dense and like an example of energy dense. i mean like potato chips are very energy dense right you know they they have a lot of energy versus 100 grams of potato chips are going to have way more you know which is interesting because you compare like how many how many calories like a potato has versus potato chips yeah and it's because fat's like extremely it's, energy yeah. dense right um and then there's other foods that are nutrient dense, you know, and, and, you know, plants and vegetables are the most nutrient dense, right, right, right. You know, because they have hardly any calories and they have, but they have tons of nutrients, which is the other side of the conversation you have to have with, we're talking about the Twinkie diet is like, you can lose weight eating unhealthy food, but then you're going to have severe vitamin deficiencies. And that a lot of Americans have pretty severe vitamin deficiencies and stuff because like, you know, it's cheap and easy. Um, mm -hmm. it's, it's very affordable and very, very, it's made that way deliberately to eat really awful for you food all the time. And that that's a significant proportion of a lot of people's diet. And this is why, like for me, it was good for me to understand that, like, this is why it really truly is fine. Like I had half a donut this morning, right? Or like a probably, you know, you have a donut this morning, right? That's fine. It's not a big deal. Just don't have a donut every morning. Yeah. Right. You know, you it's know. like, there's, there's like, you really can't label foods bad or good anymore because it's so contextual, you know, yeah. like, like. My favorite example, you know, is birthday cake good or bad? Well, it depends. If you're at a birthday party, it's good. Yes. For it's your breakfast. birthday, eat cake. Yeah. If it's, if it's a random Tuesday, probably don't, <laughs> you know, and this is why, and this is, I have to go really quick. I'm, I'm going to, I really want to speak to this. This is very important to me. Like if you're listening to this and you're young, you like, I see so much garbage nutrition advice on TikTok from idiots in t-shirt and tank tops trying to like sell you their pills or whatever, or their special carnivore diet or whatever. Like really truly like the the common sense eat fruits and vegetables and make intelligent decisions and don't eat more than you need to but eat enough to fuel like the that no, is the truth that the no is no duh diet exactly we talk about it all the time and the thing is no one will talk about it because no one can make a buck on it it's impossible to make yeah. money on the no duh diet you yeah know, we like, can't sell you like broccoli and chicken <laughs> yeah exactly right like we're not we're gonna be, and get to the end of the podcast and do code protein wolf for our special shake that's 60 dollars you know like that's if I, I don't think you should, I think if you're, if you're scrolling through TikTok and you see a person hawking nutrition advice, skip it because maybe one time in 10, it'll be good. That's good advice. Okay. Sorry. That was my, so we're done, done with Joe's soapbox for the <laughs> day. This soapbox, others may 
there may be other soapboxes. So, so with an energy balance, there's either a positive or a negative or a maintenance energy right. balance. Like if there's a positive, like if you're consuming more energy than you're expending, you're going to gain weight and that can yep. be either in the form of fat or muscle or growth or whatever. Um, right, right. Typically we think of it as, you know, excess energy is, you know, it's first stored as glycogen. If there's excess energy beyond that, it's stored as fat. Right. Okay. Is fat, a bad thing no 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 fat is healthy fat okay. is a nest is, is necessary right like if you're super fat you know if you have if you have no fat in your body your hormones aren't gonna work your brain's yeah. not gonna work you know a bunch of hardware that you really need isn't <laughs> yeah. gonna function properly right? yeah yeah there's um so so fat like it secretes hormones it stores vitamins um if you know, if we didn't like, if we have excess energy in our bloodstream and it doesn't have a place to get stored, it's going to attack our organs. It's going to attack our eyes. It's going to, you know, if there's, if there's excess triglycerides floating around, they cause all kinds of problems. Um, fat is, is a place to store this safely. Right. So it doesn't damage our organs and we can use it later as energy. It's really right. kind of a cool and this is especially relevant for for um, uh, uh, for female athletes, right? You know, because like I've, I've you know like it's I've I've read before that like female endurance athletes have to be really mindful of of like body fat percentage and hormones and stuff because it can really kind of mess up a lot of your body's functions if you well yeah you know like a, a woman should not be three percent body fat but a man kind of can be healthily well so it really depends Dan and, and I are doctors I yes. just feel like another t opportunity to say that, like no. we are not medical no. yeah no one, no one wants to be three percent no so it really depends on the individual because some people have more fat cells that is basically available storage mm -hmm. some people have fewer fat cells. And, and so like some people can have like, like, like a higher body fat percentage because they just have more cells, hmm. but these cells aren't overfilled. Interesting. But if you have fewer cells and they're overfilled, then that can become unhealthy. So you can like look thin because you just don't have a lot of available fat storage, but your mm -hmm. cells could be over full and you could be really, really unhealthy. Like the, 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 the term for that is skinny, skinny fat. fat. I've heard yeah. it before, you know, that like, and I've, I've saw somebody uh, point at something out. It was really interesting one time. She was like, look, I'm, I'm super thin. People compliment me on my body all the time. She's like, I'm on a bunch of different medications because my blood pressure. So like, I'm not a healthy person, but I look like it. So that's why like, you can't, don't just look at somebody and be like, oh, they look like this. They're healthy. And, and some you people know. can carry, can have a fairly high fat percentage and still be really, really oh, healthy. Yeah. I bet a bunch of NFL players who have like a high body fat percentage or, you know, like linebackers and stuff are really healthy. You know, I'm, I'm sure like, and this is why like, like when you said like good foods and bad foods, like talking about good foods and bad foods and how people look, it's like, it's, it's stupid. You're They're missing complexity. You're not seeing the whole picture there. It's just not and, that simple. And in fact, I heard the other day that like, um, like one of the healthiest fat percentages for um, mortality is like, 20% for men and like up to 35% for women. Really? And so many people think that like 5% is 5% is not healthy. No, you don't. Yeah. If you get down to 5%, that's not healthy and you're not going to feel good. Right. And, and like, like professional cyclists, I don't think are healthy people in the, in the, in the way that we might assume that they are, you know, you can only do that for so long, you know? Well, and I think their percentage might be higher than, 
you might think, you hmm. know, I think that we just in on social media and stuff and we see all these hot guys with abs, that's just not healthy and it's no. not going to make you faster. No, no. Granted on the other side, like, like I don't want like the, it, it, you know, it's a complex, com you know, like there are a lot of bad health risks associated with being overweight. Oh, you know, for like, sure. But, but, uh, the same time, but we're like, talking to a different group right now. Exactly. And like, and again, I just, I want to highlight again, the complexity of like, you know, um, uh, like some of the ways that we look at this, where like we look at people who are overweight as like a moral failure and like all this other, you know, um, that it is just so much more complex than that. Yeah. Good to remember. So, so yeah, that's, that's a positive energy balance. You know, if you're consuming more calories than you're using, right. you're going to gain, you're going to store it as fat, which right. isn't bad, you know? No. Yeah. And, um, to a know, point, you know, 10 to 20% for men is, probably pretty is yep. healthy mm -hmm. below that's not really healthy nope. it's not going to help you if you're so, looking to win the tour and you have a doctor helping you do it then maybe but you can only do that for a few yeah, years anyway. you know, having abs isn't really the goal <laughs> so but let's switch to the other side is is a negative energy balance which most people don't really talk about because most people don't have to worry about it that much. Right. It's not a problem for most people. Yeah. Again, like this is where we're, 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 on we're talking here. to youth who have you know, more active hormones. If you're listening to this, you're an outlier to this conversation. Yeah, and we're talking and to athletes. <laughs> yeah. So this is a part I really want you to tune in. Um, you know, if you have a negative energy balance, you're going to lose weight, hopefully fat, but not right. Not always, you know, um, you can lose muscle, you can lose, but there's been quite a lot of talk lately about red S or reds. Is that an acronym? Yeah. It, um, it stands for relative energy deficiency in sports. Relative energy deficiency in sports. Never heard. You said there's a lot of talk. There's a lot of talk in very nerdy circles about this, I'd imagine. Probably not on the street. Yeah. And, and typically, I mean, this is probably more of a risk for women. Um, but basically, but, but men can fall into this too. And basically, it's just your you're kind of chronically undernourishing your activities. And, um, you know, in women, amenorrhea is usually the, the kind of the, they say the canary in the coal mine. Amenorrhea being that you stop you having, stop having your, your menstrual cycle yeah. falls apart, right? Okay. Yeah, but, um, but it can lead to a lot of undesirable and somewhat could potentially even be permanent issues. Um, so some of them are decreased training response, um, decreased coordination, impaired judgment, depression, decreased glycogen stores, decreased, decreased endurance and decreased strength. So, so basically if you're not getting enough, you're not consuming enough energy to keep up with your energy demands as an athlete, you're not going to, you're not going to adapt. You're not going to get better. You're not going to improve. And, if it goes on long enough, you can deal with red, red S where it's, it's going to be debilitating in, in a lot of ways, you know, you're going to, it's, it's really something that needs to be avoided and it's, it's, it's an energy deficiency thing. Yeah. So it's so when people try to starve themselves to a race win essentially is what's happening here, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. So, so a negative energy balance for athletes is pointless if not destructive. Interesting. Okay. And, you know, um, 
you know, for instance, if I go out and, and I do like a 2000 calorie ride over the next day or two, I really need to consume enough energy in various preferably healthy forms to, to replace that. Now, you know, we were kind of talking about like, is, is food bad or is food good? You know, if, if you're an athlete that is kind of chronically, um, in kind of a negative energy state, you know, they might need to eat some foods that are really, really calorie dense hmm. to help correct that, you know, yeah. that, so you see like, like drinking a Coke at the end of a race. Yeah. You know, hmm. interesting. You know, then the end, then, then that Coke's a good thing. You know? Right, right, right. But sitting at your desk working on a spreadsheet is uh, probably, probably not. not. Right. Yeah. Um, Cause like, like a kale salad would be awful for you at the end of a race. Oh, absolutely. Right. Or the night of a race, like the night after a race, if you did a race during the day, you shouldn't have a salad for dinner. Right. Like then salad's bad. Right. And so this is what, again, food is not good or bad. Food is a tool. Use it correctly, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, fair enough. You know, and this is something. There's, there's a few athletes that I am concerned that they probably don't adequately meet their energy demands, and I think that if they did, they'd they'd feel better and they'd notice some improvements. Um, it, it can be kind of a difficult thing because it sometimes it can be somewhat psychological or anxiety related, but. Fueling your work and fueling your workouts is an investment in being healthier and faster. You know, if like energy deficits and and surpluses, if if they exist at all, should be very small. Yeah. Um, but really, ultimately, as athletes, we really need to to fuel our work adequately and and replace whatever deficits we rec we create during our epic or hard type workouts. Um, I think of an example, like, I don't, it's like a, it's like this like video I watch, I can't remember if it was like church or school or something, but there's this guy that's like in the desert and he finds a pump and by the pump is a bottle of water. And there's a note on the bottle of water that says you're supposed to use the bottle of water to prime the pump. Mm. And then, mm. you know, which would make it so we could get more water out of the pump. And that's how kind of fueling our workouts is, you know, okay. by, by making sure we have enough energy consumed, enough calories consumed, it's, it's ultimately going to make it so we can cons uh, burn more calories and then consume more and then burn more. And, so, and we're really getting more work done and more work done kind of translates into becoming stronger, fitter, faster. I mean, it's like ultimately the kind of the idea is to to consume the most amount of food we can to do the most amount of work that we could adequately re recover from. Right. And I think this also serves like like Maybird's central purpose of like creating lifetime cyclists is that I think if you're starving, you're trying to starve yourself to the top of the podium or running negative energy deficits and having hormones, like you're going to feel like garbage, like cycling is going to make you feel bad. And then if you're eating correctly and, you know, if you, you know, if you keep this, the fuel balance in mind and your energy balance that like cycling will make you feel good and you'll keep getting better at it and it'll make you feel good and you'll do it forever, you know, and then it'll be good for you forever. Like this is not like a lot of times we talk about like, Hey, this is how you get to the top of the podium. Like, this is such a big issue. I'm like, I don't really care if you ever win a race, but like this will just make your life better because you'll stick with this sport longer and this sport makes your life better when you do it right. 
you know, and it's not super complicated either, really. No. I mean, like it's 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 com- it's complex, but it's it's um, you know, like this the the most important aspects seem pretty straightforward. Yeah, you know, you know if you go to do a workout, fuel before it, fuel during yep. it, fuel after it. You know, if you are hungry, eat food. Mm-hmm. Um, if preferably healthy, nutritious you know eat the right food for your yeah, current needs but, but you know if you're if you're doing if you're fueling for a workout or if you're in a, a, a pretty severe calorie deficit eat some high calorie energy yeah. dense foods you know mm-hmm. and, when it's your birthday eat birthday cake if it's a random thursday don't eat birthday cake you know yeah. <laughs> like it's so funny how like how, how simple these things are in a lot of ways and yeah. how like how fuzzy it gets when people try to make a quick buck off you know pushing stupid garbage on the I'm still I'm just so mad about that that's like my that's that's going to be my hill to die on here it's and like if that doesn't know. work take these super mega green testosterone pills. I was talking to a coworker the other day and this will make you laugh I know we're, we're over on time already but like I was talking to a coworker the other day who tells me that he spends $400 a month a month a month on his supplements and stuff how's he doing <laughs> Uh, I don't he's doing poorer I guess and I, I bet that he could make a whole bunch of free decisions that would probably help him more but could eat more chicken and broccoli and yeah don't yeah. be that guy don't be that guy anyway it's 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 more straightforward than you realize you know and uh, it's a big deal like if you mess this up you'll you know you'll have a bad time <laughs> so yeah like like if you go back to our nutri- nutrition podcast the first rule of the no dud diet was to eat enough Right. In this whole podcast, we took a long time to basically say, eat enough. I'm hungry, Dan. Should we go eat enough let's, really quick? Let's go eat enough. <laughs> All right. If you have any questions, send them over. Uh, I kind of like the, the lightning uh, lightning round. That was sort of fun. This, uh, yeah, thanks this for stuff. everyone that sent questions. Send and- those over. Uh, ride safe this week. Get out if you can. And um, uh, yeah. Let us know what you want to talk. <laughs> no, keep it, keep it, keep, keep it. it. If I said that, you'd keep it. That's true, but you don't know how to use the software, and I do. Okay. <laughs>